0: Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato, Samma Sambuddhassa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato, Samma Sambuddhassa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato, Samma tasa Aparuta de Sangamatasa Tavara, yes, or Satan. So this, this evening, there. Gate to the Deathless is open, which is a reminder. A proclamation or good news. In the Gate to the Deathless, and of course, that's the present, here and now, awakened, conscious state that individuals like ourselves can recognize. So it's like recognition, remembering, (coughs) noticing, paying attention rather than operating from positions, from ideas, from uh, just the momentum of habit. And then you contemplate this realm that we're living in is a is a is this relentless changing, impermanent, conditioned realm, which is a feeling realm. It's all about senses, sense activity, sense perception, and sensitivity means that uh, it involves pleasure, pain, pleasant, unpleasant, so forth. So that that's why this way of reflecting to make it, to to remind yourself what you're experiencing, the conditions that you have to abide with in the, as a human individual for a lifetime. It's not, you know, it's not complaining or idealizing, but just noticing, paying attention to what is having a human body like. And then you can find out what various great sages have said, but Observe yourself, just uh, observing the 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 body that's sitting here. Like this, having this the weight, having to deal with with weight, with heat or cold, with uh, pleasure, pain on, that we experience through the body. The postures, the breathing, just being aware that this is a sensitive form that was born. And it and anything that's born will die. So this is a changing condition, and it's subject to the objects of the senses. So seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. We we're a thinking creature. So we we have we have retentive memory. So we experience uh, inspiration. Uh, depression according to what we create in our minds. Liking, disliking, loving, hating, worrying about the future, feeling guilt or resentment about the past. So then the gate to the deathless is awareness of this, this realm this the realm that we're experiencing, the planet itself, the solar system that the planet is in, it's all, you know, it's a vast kind of marvelous, fantastic and rather frightening sense of power and change and mystery that we experience from this point of our own physical form that's conscious. So you, you this is a way of, this is a reflection on the way it is. I'm not telling you, it's just, you know, I'm reflecting on the reality of being this human, individual form sitting here is like this. Now it's not getting personal yet. It's not about m- me and my past or my position or my uh, tendencies or habits. It's just noting, just the obvious things: sitting, breathing, feeling, and then recognizing that the planet itself is a is a sense form in consciousness, so that we're subject to the planetary changes. And so the news is that two hundred thirty thousand people died in the ha- in Haiti's earthquake. And that was, that was not because of human mistakes, it was because of uh, the earth, Mother Earth. I probably uh, heaved a sigh of disgust and aversion towards the human beings that seem to be ripping it (laughs) apart as a personal interpretation. But the Earth does, you know, it changes, it's made out of plates, it's a, it's a changing condition, just like your breathing, just like your own body. And then our ability to perceive, so just con- contemplate the sun, the sun that this planet revolves around, and it's a big ball of fire. And it still can keep going, it's been going for billions of years and will go on for many more. What's it burning? And, uh, you know, in our pea-brain positions of human individuality is uh, we, you know, it's hard to really have any view because our way we perceive life is limited to this form, the human bodies that we have and and the um, conditions, the karmic condition of having a human body is like this. Now we believe what maybe astronomers tell us or whatever but because they seem to have studied or investigated more scientifically maybe planetary movements and the sun and the solar system etc. So that's, uh, it's not to be despised, but recognize that it's acquired knowledge from someone else so that the gate to the deathless is not about uh, becoming an expert on astronomy, but observing just the changingness that one is experiencing at this very moment. And so this is, this is the reference to the gate to the deathless is the mind, is mindfulness this is the, the 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 crack that we can flip through it's the uh, whatever it is it's our opportunity to to f- uh, recognize ultimate reality the deathless reality that we can't perceive through the thinking process or the feeling. It's not about feeling, it's not about sensitivity, it's not about thinking. It's not about anything other than it's recognizable. And the only way it's recognized is through mindfulness, awareness. So this this is uh, this is why we're here, why we we become samanas, because this is the whole point of our life is is to study this, to become the the knowing of this, so certain that that all doubt vanishes, not through grasping perceptions, Buddhist ideas, or Buddha teaching, but through direct knowing, by recognizing, tasting, knowing directly, and surrendering to that. So your, 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 your tendency to keep looking for something that you create, where does that get you? You know, you imagine, what is the deathless? What is the amatadhamma, the deathless reality? What is it? and then you try to think about it and try to find it because you you have a you have a a thought or a word for it but this uh, path is a way of letting go of conditions not not de- destroying them but letting go of this grasping that blinds us that obstructs us to ultimate truth <coughs> And of course, the biggest obstruction is, you know, this, a, this uh, three kilesas that obstruct reality. And the first one is mana, which is the the way we perceive ourselves. I I know I know as well as you do, or I don't. I'm too ignorant to know anything. So what is that about? It's a mana or a conceit, self-conceit. It's it's all about that. You know, you have to think I, and then you know, this is language, isn't it? That's a pronoun, an English pronoun. And I I know is a is a sense of me as a person knowing, or I know just as well as you do, or I'm too ignorant to know. So it's I am and in whether it's we're we all the same, uh, I know more than you, or I don't I know less than you, or I'm too ignorant to know. So this mana then is, is like a it's called it translated generally is conceit of this this I this is a way of thinking that we actually operate in. I am Ajahn Sameto I am, and the various identities, uh, adjectives, uh, positions, memories, that come from that basic assumption of I am. <coughs> so this is to be com- contemplated or recognized that the thinking process, this thinking, I am, or I know, or I don't know, or I know as well as you do. A common factor is the sense of I, and then f- uh, claiming to know or not to know, or know as well as somebody else. Either that this is thinking, this is attachment to uh, the thinking process never questioned. How many of you have ever questioned I am in your mind? Or who am I? You know the kind of questioning of what am I? Who am I? I am. Now in mindfulness, and mindfulness is recognizing it is what it is. The sense of I know is like this I'm a senior monk and I've been meditating for over 40 years so I, I probably know more than you do is like this. So even though I, you know, I might, you might all say you know more than we do because you've been meditating 40 years and then I think I know more than you do. What is, what's going on here <laughs> is the thinking process. And so this, this sense of I am is a, is a conceit. It's called mana. It's one of the a subtle, uh, sense of a self because it's, it's, uh, this is generally what we're primed to operate from. I'm here to get enlightened. I'm here to become or to get rid of bad habits. <clears throat> or I'm here to just be uh, just be a good person, or a, a moral being, or maybe you 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 don't have much self-esteem or anything. I'm I just try my best to practice, and I don't expect to get enlightenment, but but I'm I want to dedicate myself to the Dhamma. This is still mana. Even though it might be based on high principles and altruistic uh, ideals, there's nothing wrong with mana. It's not a, not like I'm saying you shouldn't, but I'm pointing it out as a way of reflecting the awareness of mana rather than just operating from mana. Now this is an intuitive approach, so as you try to think about it, you just you know you'll just get yourself your brain in a twist because it it uh, Cho used to say to try to figure out a will drive you crazy, your brain will explode or non self so but Non-self or anatta isn't about thinking, but it's recognisable. When, when there is pure awareness, mindfulness, then there's no self in it. And I have to think I'm being mindful of order to become, to you know, to claim it as some kind of personal achievement or position, or lack of it. I'm not mindful enough. I hear people saying I'm, I've got to be more mindful. I need to develop mindfulness and so on and then these are maybe this winter's retreat is all about uh, based on the idea that you've got to become something you're not or get something you don't have or get rid of mana. Not about getting rid of it but recognizing it. So I know more about meditation than you do is like this if I'm thinking. If I have this thought, I'm I'm a master meditator, it's like this. And that's a, an awareness of the thinking. Or to, th- to take thinking that that is not, you know, to claim that you're superior and uh, better than other people is not it's not very acceptable in this society. it sounds like boasting and obvious conceit so you you know a good British person would would feel embarrassed by such a claim but right? and so it's just not beautiful behavior to go around boasting about your attainments, but then the other is trying to be humble is the same thing, or you know, it's still mana or or just taking the position I you know, I've been meditating forty years but I'm still I still haven't uh I don't think I'm I don't expect to get enlightened in this lifetime. That's that's still the mana. So so this is just an emphasis on using this word mana, the Pali word in a sense of i am i am not i'm better than you i we're all just the same we're all equal there's nobody here better than anyone and anyone else that's mana or i'm i'm probably i'm not as good as the rest of you is mana so just just contemplate this in your, you know, what, how do you see yourself? See, do you want to be a boasting uh, superior type or, or an egalitarian type or an inferiority type? But the knowing of this, the knowing that you, you know, what I'm pointing at is a mindfulness to be aware uh, uh, how I create myself, it, uh, it gives a certain feeling. It puts me into, if I grasp the sense of I am, then I, it puts me in a position of, uh, it brings me into the samsara. I operate from I am somebody who's attained or who hasn't attained. Now, in the we're emphasizing the use of sound of silence. Now, this this uh, this I find is a kind of what to say shortcut. this <laughs> a direct recognition where you do can get this perspective on uh, on uh, on the I am's, or I am not, or I'm just the same. Because. If these are thoughts, then that which is aware of thinking is not a thought, is it? It's, it'd be, you know you're thinking. There's a knowing of, you know, that you can you think the thing I am is a is a thought that comes into into consciousness, and th- then we grasp it out of ignorance, and we become somebody. We become what we think. <coughs> And then we operate, live our lives according to what we become. We experience life through our becoming, uh, through the limitations of, of the self-view, of the mana, of the conceit. So in mindfulness practice, it's the it's sense of awakening to that, of observing. Aparutha desangam tawara, the gate to the deathless is open. So this is the gate, the mindfulness, awareness of mana. That which is aware is not mana. Awareness doesn't belong to anybody. It's not personal. It's not even Buddhist. and And we all use it, but we don't if we don't we, but we te- the the human commas we have is is that we we don't know it we don't know when we 're mindful we we tend to operate from positions from attitudes from memories of the past who uh, planning for the future, worries about the future, hopes expectations about what might happen in the future. And then the, the, all the suffering that we experience individually through identifying with the body. You know, with what it looks like and its size and its gender and its, its uh, color, its age. Isn't it vanity? We live in a society that encourages vanity, you know, so it's always about trying to look good or look attractive or beautiful or uh, you know um, I have this uh dentist in Bangkok and he's established his uh his clinic in a very posh medical building, newly built in Bangkok and uh I was walking with a dentist into his building. And there's, this, there's this beauty salon called Absolute Beauty. And so I asked the dentist, I said, if I go in there, do you think they could help me out? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolute Beauty—that something, isn't it? That's a—that's definitely a hyperbolic. <laughs> <clears throat> But of course that appeals to vanity to want to be absolutely beautiful. And yet, you know, that's still, even if one is absolutely beautiful, it, 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 you still suffer. Unless you know, unless you awaken to the conditioned realm and knowing it for what it is. It's like this. Now, what it is is not a judgment, it's just a, an awareness, a recognition of change. So then the second kilesha is ditti, which is uh, my way is the only way. The way I practice is the right way and better than anybody else's. And so this, of course, is quite common in in any religion in that any, in Buddhism also, I know bhikkhus that are very Filled with ditti. <clears throat> About my way is the only way. Or this is the right way. Or the way I, my teaching is, is the right teaching. So this is placed under this, this word ditti. So ditti and mana. Mana ditti is holding to views and opinions out of ignorance. And then the third is dunha, which is desire, translated desire, to practice and become enlightened. So then, then the mind goes, if I don't desire to practice, then I won't practice, I'll just lie about. Or if I, uh, you know, I, I want to become enlightened. I'm not going to become a monk or a nun, and just, you know, I want to get something out of it. You know, if I'm going to give up sex and money, I want to get, I should be rewarded for it by <laughs> enlightenment. Is <laughs> a kind of materialistic position, vain position. Give up dancing, singing, playing tennis, Oh, I, uh, and uh, I'm doing it so I can get something, and uh, the ditti man, of course, is I should be rewarded for for my sacrifices. So, in this is, uh, you know, the the danger of any religious adi- clinging to religion is uh, the kind of righteous attitudes that come from being devout or identifying strongly with I'm. I'm moral and you're immoral or I'm somehow superior because I keep the precepts and you don't or I, you know, the whole sense of righteousness that being, that this is better way to be a monk or a nun is superior to being a lay person. That's dittimana. So you notice that I'm I'm cutting off any possibility of grasping uh, any thoughts or views or opinions. So what's left is you know if you keep sorting through this, so you begin to really let go of everything. So so notice that this is a a way of relinquishment that doesn't come from I have to relinquish everything. I have to relinquish, I have to get rid of, of mana, I've got to get rid of diti. I've got to get rid of dhanha. It's not that, because that's the same thing, you know, it's still mana ditti. <coughs> and desire to get rid of something you think is, is an obstruction. So there's no way it's like what they call catch-22 or you're just going around in circles because you just end up in the same place all the time. And that's the way the thinking, grasping of thoughts and and views and opinions, you just get stuck in the what they call the cycles of samsara. They you just go around in circles and Around and around. And that's why it's beyond thinking. It's beyond conception. Beyond thought. And what is beyond thinking is awareness of the thinking. <clears throat> so that which is aware of thinking is not thinking. And then you... you know, this puts me in a state of poised attention. Of listening, then in the, the sound of silence, I'm aware of this, and there's no, and also I can think in it. But I'm, I'm re- my relationship to thinking is no longer just operating from thinking, from assumptions about myself. So the the thoughts of I am. Ajahn Sumedho is, I know what it is. It's a knowing. A knowing that isn't uh, a personal attribute. So it it does uh, change the perspective from being somebody who's trying to get something or get rid of something to being this pure knowing itself. So you might call it universal consciousness or universal intelligence or whatever. The names get in the way actually. So it's not, you know, when one tries to define it or describe it, but the important thing is recognizing, realizing it, Just this, nothing special, Special is always about the quality of about conditions. Special conditions. Special means it's it's not ordinary, and then special sounds better than ordinary. So these these are the words that we we you know we want maybe the to have bliss and happiness, the Brahma viharas we people love the Brahma Viharas, Metta Karuna Mudita Upeka, because they're inspiring. As concepts, they inspire. Inspi- they inspire me. Loving kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, equanimity. And so then when, you know, so then we, we, t- we want to be inspired and so certain words are inspiring. Concepts are inspiring. Others are aggravating or depressing or annoying. So in, in uh, you know, the, in life we're faced with both, with inspiration and aversion, highs and lows, depending on oftentimes the weather or the temperature or the physical condition of our bodies, whether we're feeling healthy or sickly. Or on, you know, other people's attitudes, whether the people like us or don't like us, approve of us or don't approve of us. Our emotions change, don't they? According to the conditions that are changing. So with mindfulness div- Cultivating mindlessness, recognizing it and trusting it. And this is a way of, of letting go of ignorance, of the attachments formed out of ignorance, to see and discern the difference. The gate to the deathless, the deathless, is this. It's recognizable. The death conditions are what they are—they arise and cease. Now, this is uh, this is knowledge that that is intuitive knowing. It's uh, called jnana dasana, insight knowledge. It's uh, it's not knowledge you acquire or views or opinions that you get from scriptures or from others or through memories. And this is our great gift of being human is that we can actually within this limited form realize the deathless. And yet we still have to experience the aging process of our bodies and its limitations, its pains and so forth until it dies. So this is like the the Sangha here reflecting on what is Sangha? And so then we chant supatipano, ujjupatipano, yaya patipano, samiji patipano, we chant in Pali. What does that mean? So I mean, is it, is it a person? Is it, can I claim to be Sangha as an individual? It always implies group, isn't it? It's not taking refuge in good practice. right practice, the direct practice. And so this in in Sangha then it's about practice, about making it work, doing it, not just waiting around to, to get rid of your defilements, but using everything you have, you know, all your defilements, your conceits, vanity, Superstitions, fears, greed, hatred, and delusion, and all its permutations, habits, good habits, bad habits, whatever arises in awareness of it. So you're, 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 you're cultivating this deathless reality. You're, you're not cultivating, it's not something you can cultivate, but you recognize it. And that recognition, <coughs> affirm it, re, uh, value it. It's like this. So, in the, in my own practice, like recognizing this sound of silence, when I'm really aware of this sound of silence. And then you know I can if I start down. Am I really making up something? Is this just some strange thing with me, or am I overestimating, or am I right or wrong, or is this right according to scriptures, or uh, what would uh, Ajahn Mahabhua say? Or (laughs) (laughs) one can get endlessly caught up in in doubt, and uh, because it, it isn't, this is why I say trust this, because it, it is a matter of recognition and trust. It's beyond when you start thinking about whether it's, you know, it's right or wrong or whatever, it's, then you're making that, you're back into the self again, the monadity problems. Then you, then but your reflective ability is at its best in this state. This is this uh, simple, awakened, poised attentiveness, and this gives you know. As you recognize it, then you sustain it. it it's self-sustaining. It's not you sustaining it. It's it's here and now, all the, all always. But then we get thrown back into our habits, our fears, desires, and views and opinions, and then we forget. We we get caught into the samsara again. So that's why the first noble truth of dukkha. I'm su- there's suffering. Why? Because of some kind of attachment. Trying to the the dunha wanting. the desire to practice and attain enlightenment. That seems like really something we all should have. We all should practice, shouldn't we? On this retreat, we should be practicing all the time to attain enlightenment. And yet this is put as an obstruction Because as long as as there's this desire to attain, get something you don't have, become something that you're not now, is is Dunha, is desire, and and so the knowing of desire is not desire. So this sense of knowing, consciousness, is knowing. In this form that we're in where this is the the center of life for each one of us, this physical body we experience the whole universe from this point here. And the bodies are limited conditions. They're sensitive forms, limited, and they have karma. So, you know, we have to deal with the our karma as it as it arises with the human condition, with the sensory impingement, with and, and all that that implies, you know, in the in the society we're born into, in the people we live with. Now of course the societies are formed out of ignorance, so so they, they affirm, you know, these the separate states. That's our. That's the rea- real world for for most of humanity at this time. And so this is you know the sense of I am somebody and I sh- I should I shouldn't I, you know the identity with nationality, with position, with status, whatever. It's just part of the social cultural conditions that, that we have acquired since birth. And so now this, the gate to the deathless is a reminder to be aware of them. They are what they are. They're not trying to judge them and saying they're right or wrong, but they are like this. So I would, you know, I've done a lot of, uh, you know, investigation of "I am," just, just this, this, these two words, a pronoun and a noun, state of being, and and this statement "I am" is a statement of being, isn't it? It's not, it's not even personal. It's not, uh, uh, it's not stating any kind of personal attribute. It's merely a statement of presence. I am here and now. This is a fact. And putting it into words. But that which is aware of I am has no name, does it? Awareness doesn't have a name. It doesn't, a, it, it's, you know, but it's certainly, if, when we're aware of thinking I am, the awareness is not the thought, and so during this retreat, investigate that this awareness is like this. And the thinking arises in thesis according to conditions. So this is a way of, of kind of experimenting, investigating uh, this uh, mana diti dhanha. Now the problems of the world and the society that, when we try to solve all the problems of the society, of the sangha, of tradition, of modern values and views and opinions, then of course, you know, it's a, it's an endless task trying to make everything wrong right, or you know, it's always like. You know, it's so just, problems never cease. This is a problem realm we're experiencing. It's all problematic. Having a human form. Living with others. Endless problems living with each other. Problems with oneself. Because one is, there's a problem between, uh, what you actually feel, your emotional stance, and your, and your intellect. Isn't the, the intellect is, is usually, you know, rational, idealistic, judgmental, and then your emotions are what they are. You know, you feel jealous or frightened or worried or uh, angry or resentful or confused. So the problems within them, within your own consciousness, the, the, the fight between, the the contest between a feeling, emotion, and rationality, the intellect. So then this conflict within generates also conflicts without. So people living together, you know, like people find it hard to stay married to each other these days because of the, the conflicts that arise. Personal attitudes and views and and uh, value judgments about themselves and then about each other. And then you could see you listen to the news and it's uh, it's all about, you know, conflicts and that that are everywhere in every society, everywhere. And so, the human human realm is one of endless problems within the individual, within the family, within the society, internationally. And so the uh, you know now it's interesting because China has is, uh, is, has arisen into being a kind of threatening superpower. One never expected China to become. <laughs> and so the United States is uh, is in, now losing its uh, its position as the only superpower. And of course, there's a lot of fear in anxiety because uh, power is something, you know, that we want power as individuals, don't we? We want to feel powerful. The thing we most fear is feeling powerless, not having any power, and being taken advantage of by others that have power and authority. You know, we're afraid of authority. Anyone in a position of authority or judging. So it's uh, dealing with power issues, authority issues in, in modern life. These are big things and, you know, big problems that we all have. The self, is a, the self is, is, is exaggerated in modern life. Like, you know the importance of me as a person as a individual in this society the sense of i'm you know i'm as good as you are we're all equal my rights i should be respected i should i should be treated properly i should uh, you know then this sense of i And that's, and that's the, the values of our modern life. It's based on, uh, the, you know, the importance of the individual. Now this is not wrong, not wrong, but it is deluding if we don't recognize it and its limitation and the result of grasping this sense of my rights, what I think, you should respect me and we're all equal. And we shouldn't there should be no discrimination. We're against any form of racial discrimination, sexism, ageism, being politically correct, uh, and so it, it's a sense of uh, the reinforcement of the individual as as some as somebody of self-importance reinforcing the ego. Or the other, we should just, we should, you know, I'm really a nobody in this society. I don't expect, I don't, ex- you know, people don't respect me. That's all right. I'm probably not worthy of it. Uh, I don't feel that I can demand much. I should just be humble and meek and mild and and just uh, try to survive some way. It's still mana manaditi dhanha. Because it's created, isn't it? It's a, a sense of one's separateness, a reinforcement of individuality. <clears throat> and so this, the awareness of that is our refuge. It's supatipano ujupatipano. Practicing in the right way. Recognize, it's merely recognizing the nature of conditioned phenomena. Whatever forms, manifestations you might be experiencing. Thinking, your thinking habits, your emotional habits. It's not judging. To judge thinking is a, then thinking again. And that thinking is a critical function. So, you know, you think this is better than that this is bigger and smaller and so the thinking process has its you know its value in terms of conditioned realm but it can't transcend the conditioned realm that's why you can't really describe or define nibbana when you want what's the defi- what is nibbana and and then the mind goes blank is a non-attachment or you know, try to to define it or describe it. But saying Nibbana, you know, when we try to define it or describe it, that's not it. So it's a matter of learning to trust this awareness rather than the desire to understand what Nibbana is or what the Theravada Buddhist position is on Nibbana or What I think or you think about it. Now in the, this retreat recognize that the the retreat, winter's retreat. These are words, isn't it? These are perceptions. We're on the winter's retreat. And uh, so this is a conventional reality. And and uh, observing that, uh, knowing it is what it is, and, and maybe how you you know, you, you, your feeling or your emotion that arises about retreat is like this. And in just being observant of, of just that perception of three months winter's retreat and and how that, just the thinking that or grasping that perception, what is what is it like? Can you observe it as a as a position or an attitude that you might never question, you just operate from these perceptions. The Course Retreat implies that you should be practicing. And so, you know, so it's not that that is not true, but to be aware of, of tendencies towards feeling guilty when you don't practice hard enough, or you're not practicing, or your uh, rebellious attitude or your or your determination to, you know, deadly serious, get to it uh, willfulness is like this. So it's a matter of observing, not taking a position about not doing anything on retreat because that's another, you see it's a still a catch 22 position you can't win on that level but you you can uh, you just get confused by it you usually go from one extreme really dedication serious practice to I shouldn't be that's uh, one of my defilements so I'm just not going to practice is the other one by learning to trust the awareness of that of tendencies of uh, of characteristics that you have in regards to such things as winter's retreat and it's a real listening, observing. so the form is you know like the form uh, of monasticism is uh, gives us a way of of living as a community, to uh, in which we, you know, we we can use this form, the Vinaya form, and what they call the core what, or the tongue agreement on how we live in, uh, you know, here at this monastery. So it's, it's a matter, in order that we can use it, you know how to to uh, use the form, not for identification or for uh, you know whatever way we tend to regard forms, conventions, but they are limitation. They're they're not. You know we don't personally create the forms. The traditional form that that we have is like this, and so then. Then it gives us a, a, a vehicle for living life together as a mendicant community here at Amravati, and so the the structure uh, in the Buddha that I uh, the Dhamma and the Vinaya when Ananda asked him, "Who is our when you die, who will be our teacher? He said, Dhamma and Vinaya. Now, Dhamma is uh, it's about letting go. In Vinaya, it all seems about grasping. <laughs> so over the past year, we've had a lot of, you know, people in the Western world don't understand tradition. You know, so they they think tr- traditions are old, fa- this tradition is old-fashioned. And that uh, we should adapt it to modern values. So we get, I get emails about this and strong views about you know holding on to old-fashioned traditions as some kind of something I shouldn't be doing. But uh, that's what a tradition is. It's something that has managed to survive through time, so it. It's not a matter of, uh, you know, we, we can modify it in various aspects. But the basic structure is a structure that has been formed, or we assume it was uh, put, laid down by the Lord Buddha. And in the Theravada tradition, of course, it is, uh, you know, it's a, the oldest existing form of Buddhism at this time. So it has a certain uh you know importance to it. the fact that the tradition is like this, so it's based on seniority and not as as positions so in per in, you know we tend the problems that the Sangha has at this time is about identifying with the position in the structure because you know we we're egalitarians. Uh, as a society of egalitarians in terms of uh, western modern western values, and then a tradition is not about egalitarianism but it 's about structure and so if when we identify with being senior or junior then that that is uh you know, then we're not being mindful. So it's not about being senior is better than being junior or that being senior has power and being junior, you're powerless. These are maybe how emotions work. Maybe we feel powerless as in a junior position. <clears throat> and maybe the, the fact that I'm senior, I could go to my head and think, and I have power, dominate you. But these would be uh, manaditi and danha operating. And that's not supatipano, ujupatipano. That's not sangha. So it is a, a strange relationship. And uh, Chawa years ago, I remember it was at Tom Pet, and he was saying to me, uh, uh, you must find it confusing, Sumato, about the uh, dhamma-vinaya, because uh, dhamma is all about letting go, and vinaya is about clinging, attachment. And I replied, I do find it confusing. <laughs> you, had, you know, all these rules and and that, the precepts of the monastic line it seems like, uh, you know, one is becoming, one is kind of forming an identity with uh, with rules and precepts and positions, you know, seniority or, ju- or junior being a junior monk or a senior monk. And so in Ajahn Chah's <laughs> reply was, when you figure that out, you'll be okay. <laughs> So it's not a matter of trying to explain it, but it is a conundrum or a koan even, the relationship of Dhamma and conventional form vinaya. And this is where modern idealism doesn't doesn't have a vinaya. It has ideals of how things should be. So recognize that modern life, uh, attitudes, uh, human rights movements, all these things, they're, they're based on ideals. And that's not a criticism, it's not saying that there's something wrong with that, but it, it's pointing to it. What is an ideal of how things should be is, is about how the conditioned realm should be if it was perfect. But, awareness brings us into the present about the way it is. The changingness of feeling, of of, of our own relationship to the form, our, our attachment, our clinging, desperate attachment to it, or our uh, rebellious rejection of it. Any opinion we have about it, or, or, you know, good or bad, can be seen. It's not that one takes a position, but the The purpose is to observe how we relate to conventions tradition and then this is a traditional convention, so you know when you recognize you you ask to to join this this uh this tradition it's in order to use it for to to cultivate a way of mindfulness rather than uh, seeing it as some kind of identi- identity, or or expecting the form to somehow enlighten you. The form is in, is a dead convention. It's just a form, empty form. <clears throat> and so, it's how to use the form for recognizing, realizing awareness, the gate to the deathless. So, uh, this is for your contemplation and, uh, you know, to, this is developing this banya, discerning ability. And, and then, you know, rather than just being helplessly caught into ideals and, and, uh, and the results of being attached to, to, uh, wanting something or not wanting something. So it is a very direct and very, you know, it's a very, it's a precise tool actually. What what we have here is a precision tool. You know, so it's not, not a matter of trying to improve it, it's a matter of using it. And, and uh, using it because it, it it does, you know. It 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 actually works once you get the hang of it. You know. <laughs> so it, it's not a matter of of uh, you know on the in on the individual level, and we have doubts and and people have doubts about me. They've been an old man forty years in the sangha. You know, I can see things I don't like about him. I've lost faith in Ajahn Tommo because he's, you know, he doesn't live up to my ideal of what what a good bhikkhu should be. Kind of, you know, forty years in the sangha and still has see these has these faults. So this is, uh, you know, this because you're you're expecting somebody else, you know, the result of forty years is you expecting. What are you expecting from it? A kind of uh, uh, ethereal saint-like being? Or what? You know, is, is it, what do we think an, an arahant should be? What does an arahant look like? And then there's various opinions about who is the one and who who is not. And this is still there, the ditti, the mana, the ditti, That arises. So in this, this uh, pointing is supatimano is practicing, doing it, making it work. You know, use what we have. You've got uh, everything that you need for enlightenment. You know, the convention, the the uh, the alms mendicant position, the. Thiladaras, the bhikkhus, samaneras. This is a alms mendicant. So it is, you know, this is, you're, now you're, once you're an alms mendicant, you give up your rights over holding money and, and uh, that kind of thing. So you, you're, 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 what you're given is encouragement to practice for understanding freedom from delusion. See, that, that's, the, that's the whole aim of our life, why we're, you know, alms mendicants. That's the advantage of it, is that this is our profession. We live on, on the generosity and support of those who respect what we're doing and then our, our practice then are, is supatipano, pujupatipano, yaya-patipano, samiji-patipano. Practice it in the right way, the direct way. With integrity, with determination. And then that's our refuge in Sangha, Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. So I offer this as a reflection